Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. People say, like father, like son. People say, the apple does not fall far from the tree. People talk about the sins of the fathers. You listen to some people and you might logically ask yourself, why bother to try to do anything or to be anyone? After all, isn't it who and what your father was that will determine the course of your life? Well, if you spend the next 53 minutes right here, you might get an insight into an answer. You came here. You just heard how I got in. Through the window. I didn't didn't want. I want to kill you. Kill me? Why? I never heard anybody. You killed my father. No. No, I never killed anybody. You killed his memory. The memory I had of him. The memory I could live with. Now I can't think about him anymore. You killed him for me. Please, please, don't. drama, Blood Will Tell, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Nathan Adams. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division. I'll be back shortly with Act One. You hear endless complaints. People shake their heads sadly. They're in a rut. They're slaves to routine. Day in, day out, the same dreary old thing. Nothing ever happens. Really happens. Well, that's how it is for most people. And the fact of the matter is, that's how most people probably want it. Here we have Norman Claymore, a very serious gentleman for whom life has always been well-ordered, regular, and uneventful. Norman sits at his desk where he works in the billing department of a mammoth corporation. All day he adds figures on a machine. Is this rewarding? Soul satisfying? Who knows? It's the sort of thing most people do, isn't it? Well, take note of the date. It all begins here. I understand you are Mr. Norman Claymore. No middle initial. Social security number 089030984. Well, yeah, that, that's me. I know a sound resonate of personnel. I'm sorry to disturb you. Oh, well, just, just let me make this entry, please. If I don't put the figures down as soon as I get the total. Oh, I, I understand. There. Now. I could have asked you to come over to personnel. Oh, I would have. All we need is the answer to a single question on your record. Oh? In your original application for employment here, where it says parents, living or dead, you wrote father deceased. And where it says cause, you wrote died of illness. Do you recall? Yeah. Well, could you specify the illness? Could I specify the illness? Yes, what did he die of? I, I don't know. Well, but you said illness. It must have been well, a Well, actually, I, I, I don't remember. See, I was only three or four, I think. Well, 
forgive me if it sounds forward, but didn't you ever ask your mother? Well, I'm not sure I wanted to know. Why do you want to know? Oh, I assure you, it, it isn't merely idle curiosity. You see, we need this information for insurance purposes. Oh. It has to do with, oh, tables of probability, various technical, computerized matters of that sort. Uh-huh. You appreciate the need for full information, you think? Oh, sure, sure, of course. Well, could you ascertain the answer? Yeah, I suppose. Well, it's of vital importance. Because until the item can be completed... Your file will remain open. We can't have that, can we? What did she say her name was? Melisande Rednick? What a beautiful name. And what a beautiful woman. Yeah, a woman. Not a chattering, simpering, immature girl, but a woman. She must be my age, perhaps younger. In any case, she can hardly be 40. 35. Yep, 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 yep. She had to look at 35. It's not too late for us. A home of our own, children, just one would be enough. Mine and Melisande. Oh, what am I saying, Mommy? Oh, Mommy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll never leave you. What was I thinking about? Melisande Rednick, indeed. (laughs) Hell is filled with a Melisande Rednick who tempt serious and sober, hard-working men from their duties to their mothers. Mothers who have grown old and ill, making sacrifices for their for their ungrateful sons. Have some pie, Normie. Uh, I'm supposed to be on a diet. Normie, you shouldn't be a fanatic about anything. I so wish you'd meet a pretty girl who'd take you off my hands. I, I, I'm, I'm lucky, Mommy. Oh, this music. <laughs> This is the music your daddy and I used to dance to. This was music. Talking about daddy. So many other great bands people today never heard of. I have to ask you a question. Oh, you tune in the radio at night and hear wonderful bands from all over the country. Yeah, Mommy, a girl came up from personnel and and, and she told me that they have to know just exactly what kind of illness it was that daddy died of. A a girl came up to talk to? Yeah, yeah, Mommy, it's about daddy's death. Strike you as strange. Well, I understand why they might want to know. Oh, I'm not discussing that. Your problem has always been that you could never follow the main line of the argument. All I'm saying is she told me why they wanted now, to know. No, we'll address ourselves to that presently. First, why did this girl come up to see you? Mommy, as I'm trying to tell you, she wanted to know. Well, if she wanted to know, why couldn't she have elicited that information on the telephone? You do have inter-office communication, do you not? Well, yes. Well, and the fact that she is with personnel only serves to prove my point. What, 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 what point? Normie, there are, as you know, women who are desperate for marriage. Unscrupulous women who will do anything to ensnare a man. Oh, but Melisande. Melisande, is it? <laughs> Well, she had to tell me her name. Her first name? You see, my poor, naive little normie, she goes through her files of personnel, picks out the unmarried men, and since you are obviously the most eligible of the lot, she made some pretext to meet you. But it, it, it did sound rather legitimate to me. Oh, normie, normie, you're such a babe in the woods. 
so unaccustomed to the wiles of women. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right, Mommy. But what should I do about the question she asked me? Do? Or just disregard it and disregard her and she'll get the message. And that's Molly. Is there a fella who has a wiser or more loving mother? She figures every angle. She catches on so quickly. I guess I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Well, I went back to the office the following morning, and Miss Resnick did not contact me, nor did she the next day or the day after, which led me to assume naturally that the request she had made was, in truth, a device to make my acquaintance. However, <laughs> I had underestimated Miss Resnick because on the following Monday... Mr. Claymore, you never did get back to me with that information. That's right, I didn't. Are, 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 are you sure it's important? Well, certainly it's important. To whom? To the company, of course. Why else would I ask? I have no idea. Mr. Claymore, I have been told to complete your record by the vice president in charge of personnel. Now... Do you want me to tell him that you refuse to give us this information? Well, you, you, you may tell him anything you like. Mr. Claymore, have you considered the consequences? The co consequences? An assumption will be made that you have something to hide. Now, really, why should you create an unfavorable impression? Look, every employee of the corporation, from the chairman of the board down, has filled out this form, just as you're required to do. Well, just put down any disease, TB, whatever. I cannot put down what I know to be false. Mr. Claymore, can you obtain this information for me no later than tomorrow? This ruthless, unscrupulous woman appears to have upset you a great deal. Oh, Mommy, she seems to be very shy and quiet. Oh, they're the worst kind. But I have to give them an answer. What disease did Daddy die well, of? He didn't die of any disease. He was killed in a bus accident. Oh, Mommy. Yes, yes. He, he was standing at the bus stop, waiting. The bus came along. He... He stepped off the curb. The bus didn't stop. But, Mommy, you said... You see, he thought it was the local, but it turned out to be the express. Oh, but you said that he took ill and died. Did I say that? Well, perhaps I did. But if it wasn't true... It, it, it may not have been true, but it was kind. After all, being run down by a bus is an absolutely horrible way to be killed. And, and, and you were a little child. It's... It, could have done something to your psyche. You, you might have become terrified of buses for the rest of your life. And not being rich, we, we couldn't afford to travel everywhere by taxi cab. Isn't that so? Oh, well, yeah. Certainly, you would have had bad dreams. Well, in four cars of death, I could tell Miss Resnick that Daddy died of a bus accident. Yes. And after you tell her that, you can tell her goodbye. <laughs> Well, what, what is it now? I did telephone the information to you, didn't I? Yes, you did, and I placed it in your record. Well, then what is the problem? The vice president in charge of personnel, he uh, asked me to ascertain why you lied. Lied? Lied about what? Lied about the cause of your father's death. He wants to know why, if your father was killed in a bus accident, you found it necessary to lie about. Why did you say he 
died of things. But that is the story that my mother told me. She wanted to spare a little child's feelings. Oh, I appreciate that, but we must know the exact circumstances. I have just given them to you. I'm afraid that will not be sufficient. If he was killed by a bus, there would be a police report. If he died of illness, I'm sure there was a death certificate. What does it really matter? Mr. Claymore, until the matter is resolved, your file will be incomplete. This could just about destroy the computer. Would you want that to happen? Malestar Resnick, I love you. I know I'm disobeying Mommy, but I love you. I love you because you're so practical, so down to earth. I love you for your quiet strength, for the way you can just stick to the point. You're so much like Mommy. Melissa, we can't do very much about it now. I can't marry anyone while Mommy's alive, but Mommy can't live forever. After all, nobody lives forever. Oh, this band plays very much like the old Hal Temple Kisses. Why can't we give them proof of how Daddy died? Because it's none of their business. Well, it's not an unreasonable request. I see. She's seduced you, hasn't she? Who? That Melisande Resnick with her blonde hair, her blue eyes. How do you know she has blonde hair, her blue eyes? With a clinging sweater and a tight oh, skirt. Mommy, how do you know this? Don't you think I would find out at first hand what sort of Jezebel is trying to ensnare my son? Darling, I... I went downtown to your office building. I got a look at her. Oh, a very good look, let me assure you. Molly, I've only seen her exactly three times, and all three times she was at my desk, and at no time did I see her for more than two or three minutes. It's all she requires. The idea of her, the seductive idea of her, has been planted in your soul. Cleanse yourself, Normie. You have strength of character. Driver from your mind. Mommy, if I don't bring in proof of how Daddy died, I can be forced to quit my job. <laughs> Perhaps that would be for the best. But I have seniority, an equity, and a pension plan. I'm 40 years old. I mean, where can I go to start all over again? Well, Normie, you have a great amount of ability. You could get a good job anywhere. Why won't you tell me what Daddy died of? <laughs> Getting late. I, I think I'll go to bed. Don't you understand? You're going to fire me. Well, dear, who knows? After all, it may just turn out to be for the best. Well, now, little acorns suddenly sprout into great big oaks. Tiny molehills become huge mountains. Why is Mommy so set against giving Normie what, after all, should only be a piece of routine information? You've already heard enough of our story to come up with a variety of interesting possibilities. Think about them, and let's compare notes when I return shortly with Act Two. One thing you can now accept as gospel. We live in a world of forms, papers, documents, records. There are no secrets. There is no privacy. Soon there will be no mystery. All of us should become open books. Mr. Congreve wrote a play in which a lady said to a gentleman, Oh, sir, you must not kiss and tell. That was almost 300 years ago. Today, you must not only tell if you kissed, but also if you didn't. And why? 
Molly, I know you don't understand. I'll be fired. If I don't bring in a certificate of one sort or another, I'll be fired. Darling, you weren't listening. I said it would be for the best. A job like mine, a good job like mine. How could losing it be for the best and for such a trivial reason? Oh, but it is not a trivial reason. All they want to know is the cause of Daddy's death. Well, I say that's none of their affairs. What is involved here is the basic principle of privacy. Oh, I am not concerned with principles. Oh, I can see that. You don't understand. No, me dear. You're the one who doesn't understand. You're the one who doesn't sense the grave danger. What danger? The danger has a name. Miss Melisande Resnick. But, Molly... Oh, you're so innocent of the world. It's quite probably my fault. She has already seduced you. And that is why you must leave that but place. Mommy. She must not be permitted to destroy your life. And that is your mommy's final word. Mommy's right. She's always right. But Melisande, she's so nice. Is that the word? Yeah, 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 nice. Surely she must be exactly the kind of girl Mommy would choose for me herself. I don't understand. Melisande hadn't said one word, made one suggestion that might even remotely be considered as improper. Yet what does Mommy know that I don't? Good morning, Mr. Claymore. Do you have the information for me? No, Miss Resnick, I do not. Oh, I'm at a loss to understand your reluctance. A most insignificant matter has been blown completely out of proportion. I do not agree that the matter is insignificant. The right to privacy. We're concerned here with the world of practicality. The world as it exists. All I can say is that failure to furnish us with the information can mean your job. I realize that. You realize that? And you still... I am prepared, as they say, to walk the last mile. Understand, Mr. Claymore. And please, this is off the record. In the ordinary way, the matter would be of no significance. However, the vice president in charge of personnel is the son of the founder. I didn't know that. Well, it was necessary to give him a title to keep him happy. And now he looks for things to justify his job. Well, he, he found you. I can't do anything about that. You're an excellent employee. I would hate to see you lose your job. Well, sometimes a man must stand up. You to... have three weeks. Three weeks to do what? To complete the form. The vice president left for his vacation last night. His parting words to me were, if that record isn't filled in fully and accurately with documentation, Norman Claymore will be fired. Well, then I guess I'll be fired. Oh, no, you mustn't be. Why won't you write down the cause of your father's death? Because I don't know it. But, but that's impossible. You must know. Is your mother living? Yeah, she's living with me. Oh, huh? What does she tell you? It seems that every time I ask, she tells me a different story. Well, perhaps she's afraid of what's involved. Afraid? It's possible. I say possible, not probable or even likely, but possible. But she doesn't want the circumstances of his death to be known. But, Mommy, she would tell me. She tells me everything. We're very close. Oh, Mr. Claymore, I, I know we would hate to lose you. 
Oh, please. Try to resolve this very minor problem somehow. There's nothing personal in this. I'm just thinking of the good of the company. You understand? Yes, Miss Resnick. I understand. I understand, my darling Melisande. Oh, how I understand everything. I understand that this is our courtship. This is how we are wooing one another. This is the early tentative reaching out. But I must face the problem. Why do I know nothing at all about Daddy's death or even his life? Why are there no pictures, no letters, no mementos? Why are there no stories, no family stories? Why is there no family? No aunts, uncles, cousins? Why are Mommy and I alone in the world? I must ask her. How can I ask her? What's troubling you, Normie? Well, it's about... Uh, it's about your daddy, isn't it? How, how did you know? Because I'm your poor old mommy, and I know everything about my little boy. Mommy, what did he... Die of? Normie, dear, I... I don't want to talk about it. Just because some, some... No, I won't say anything disparaging about her morals, even though it's true. Let's just say I... I don't want to talk about your daddy's death because I find it painful. Well, then let's talk about his life. I find that painful, too. But, Mommy, shouldn't I know something about my dad? Oh, please, Mommy, don't be disobedient. Do you want me to feel pain? Oh, Mommy. Oh, my goodness, this is my bridge night. Where am I playing this evening? Uh, uh, oh, at, at, at Mrs. Selvin. Oh, what a wonderful memory you have. Darling, are you sure you'll be all right tonight without oh, me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good boy. I drove Mommy to Mrs. Selverson's house where she would spend the next three hours. Usually, I killed the time till I had to pick her up in a movie. But tonight, I drove straight back home. There was something I had to know. And I had to know it, or else all would be over between Melisande and me. I had to find the information. And where? Where can I find it? Mommy won't tell me. But somewhere in Mommy's room is the answer. I know that. I know. I know the answer is in Mommy's desk, or in her chest of drawers, or in some of those cardboard boxes high up on the shelves of her closet. The secret must be in one of those places because Mommy made me promise on my honor, cross my heart and hope to die, that I would never go into a room unless she was there. Never. Could I break my promise to Mommy? I must know about Daddy because unless I tell Melaton, she'll reject me. And I can't live with that. And so, I look at Mommy's desk drawer. Her checkbooks, receipts, bills, letters. Nothing there about Daddy. I know that. I know where it has to be. In the cardboard box, top shelf of her closet. Top shelf, cardboard box. I reach up carefully. The box is in my hand. I walk to the desk with it. I don't want to look inside. But I look. I don't want to pick up the top newspaper from the pile that lies in the box. But I pick it up. And I read the headline. Norman Claymore executed. I am numb, as if I have been struck.
struck a heavy blow. In the days I look at the date, the paper is 35 years old. Norman Claymore is my father. Daddy. He has been hanged for murder. Not one murder, many murders. My daddy. I read now for an article, one article of many. A reporter is interviewing my daddy. Mr. Claymore, why did you kill those people? Why? How can I tell you why? Some of us are made that way, that's all. Made that way? In the blood. Can't be helped. It goes from father to son. My father was a murderer. There's no record of this. Oh, he's dead now, so I'm free to speak. I saw him kill. I was a little boy, but I remember. I saw him kill. I don't know what this is in my blood, this rage. I feel this rage. You know what it is to get angry? Yes. Violently angry? Yes, I suppose. Angry enough to want to kill? Well, truthfully, yes. And when you reach that point, do you kill? No. That's where we're different. I kill. If you had it to do all over again, would you have tried to be different? I don't believe you followed what I said. I tried to be different this time. I tried not to kill, but it didn't help. It's how I'm made, how God made me. And therefore, I know God will forgive me. Telephone is ringing. I can answer my wife. It's a letter. I'm late. It's Mommy calling me to pick her up. Her bridge game is over. Hastily, I replaced the newspaper. I covered the box. I put it back on the top shelf. I pick up the receiver. Whoa. Normie, did you fall asleep? Oh, yeah, I must have. I never had to remind you to call for me. I was just tired, Mommy. I'll be right over. Normie, is everything all right? Yes, Mommy. I don't know. I can usually tell when my little boy is disturbed. Mommy, everything is just fine. Oh, you don't have to bite Mommy's head off. I'll be over in five minutes. both parents are deceased, list the cause of death. 
And yet, that's exactly what he must do if he wants to keep his job. Whatever did get into you this evening, Normie? Nothing, Mommy. Uh, you know you must never make me wait for you at Mrs. Silverson's after the game. I simply cannot tolerate the woman. Normie, uh, are you sure you're all right? I said I was, didn't I? Oh, you're snapping at me again. Oh, I know. It's that Melisande Resnick. Oh, now, really? She's upset you. She makes you think strange, unnatural thoughts. for a man and a woman to want to... Unnatural? You're the one who's unnatural, Mommy. You're the one who treats me like a child who finds fault with every girl. You who are unnatural, an unnatural woman. Therefore, you must be evil, and therefore I want to kill... I want to kill... Oh, no. Oh, no. What am I saying? Oh, I understand you now, Mommy. I understand. And why? You know what's in my blood. This evil thing that's in my blood. That's why you watch me. Why you keep me under your thumb. Thank you, Mommy. Darling, whatever you mumbling about. What? What? Oh, oh, I'm I'm, I'm sorry, Mom. It's that girl. This is even worse than I feared. That woman has completely captured your mind. Oh, Mommy, how easy it is to misunderstand you. Of course you discourage me from marriage. You must. You know what's in my blood. You know what I have inherited from my father. You know I must never pass this along to my own children. I must not have children. You could have told me about Daddy, but you refused because you loved me. You wanted me to have a happy memory of my father. Oh, how I love you, Mommy. How I love you. I must say goodbye to Melisande. To all thoughts of Melisande. There can never be a Melisande. Never. Mr. Claymore. Oh, oh yes, Miss Resnick. I haven't heard from you in all this time. I, I know. Uh, about that form... Well, I suppose if you insist... Oh, I I don't insist, Mr. Claymore. It's Mr. Pennypack. Mr. Pennypack? Oh, the vice president. He's the one. Then I'll have to be fired. Oh, that would be a shame. There are certain things that belong within the family, within the bosom of the family. And I think I understand. Oh, Mr. Claymore, I... I cannot help but admire you. Well... You're protecting someone. Now, that's obvious. Oh, but it's such a cost. You know, you're a hero. In the true sense of the word. Oh, no, not really. Oh, yes, yes, and I must keep your secret. Oh, it's so unfair. If it weren't for that Mr. Pennypacker, we could just disregard the whole thing. Is that so? Well, he's the one who lit the fire. He's the one who wants the answer. No one else really cares. Oh, if he's due back tomorrow... I looked into her eyes, into my Melisande's beautiful blue eyes that were filled with worry. No, Melisande, this is not the end. Not for you and me. 
I hate that Enoch Pennypacker. I hate him because he stole my father from me. I had a father I thought was a good man. Because of Enoch Pennypacker, I had to discover my father was a killer. Now I know the meaning of those secret urges, those drives, those yearnings. It's been the desire to kill. It's in my blood. I can't deny it. I won't deny it. And I won't deny you either. Mother son, it's wrong, I know, but we are human. My father knew, but did he deny himself my mother? Never. And I shall not deny myself you. No, Minnie. There's something wrong. Wrong? What, no? Now, darling, I know you better than you know yourself. Something is burning inside of you. Please, everything's all right. How you mean? You won't share this with your mama. I don't know what she's talking about. Now, me. we must get to the bottom of this thing. No, we mustn't. Don't say another word. I'm fighting it. Can't you understand? I'm fighting the bad blood. Shut up. Don't quit me. Let me alone. I'll fight it off. This fury, this rage in my blood, this insane desire to kill you know, Penny Packer. Let there be quiet. Let there be calm. Please, Mommy, please. No, me. We've always been able to talk out your troubles. I tell you, I have no troubles. Mommy knows better. No, me. Where are you going at this hour? Out. Where? Nowhere. What are you going to do? Nothing. Pennypacker. Oh, do you know my name? Everybody at the plant knows your name. What are you doing here? I intend to kill you. Kill me? What for? Why should anyone want to kill me? You killed my father. Me? Oh, no. I never killed anyone in my life. You killed his memory. Uh, ask anyone... I'm the mildest person. And you tried to separate me from the woman I love. No. I've, I've never done anything bad in my life. Lies won't save you. Please, don't come near me. I'm ready to complete the form to answer the open question on my record. I don't even know what you're talking about. Cause of father's death. I'll tell you, my father was hanged. Oh, uh, I'm truly sorry to hear that. murder. Uh, we... We all make mistakes. It was no mistake. It was in his blood. No, no. That's impossible. A thing like that. And it's in my blood. Listen. Uh, maybe a psychiatrist. I can't help myself. I'm going to kill you. No, don't. Please. Don't. No. I was seized with an uncontrollable rage. I had to kill my fury was so overpowering, I could kill with my bare hands. I hit him again and again and again. And finally, I stopped. All passion was spent. I looked at him. He was dead. He didn't need to feel for his pulse to listen for his heartbeat. He was dead. You could tell by the sprawl of him that he was dead. And I felt it. A delicious feeling of calm, such a satisfying feeling of security. I had finally found my identity. I was my father's son. 
blood will tell. Norman Claymore. Both of you. 
<laughs> you would do well. This is what happens when I don't listen to Mommy. How right she was about this. She called you Jezebel. No, um, I think you better believe it. Get a harlot. That's enough. Good. Good. Production is under the direction of Hyman Brown. 
And now, a preview of our next tale. I've never been afraid of anything in all my life. That's the way I remember it, Kurt. Just take a deep breath and come through. Float right through the locked door as if it weren't there. I'm moving toward it. it it's almost as, as if I were flying. The important thing is not to worry about it, Kurt. Feel better if I could understand it. If there were some kind of reasonable explanation. Through, Curry, come through. A solid door, and I'm 